This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. Time and again, Antonio Horta Osorio repeated the phrase best bank for customers as he summarised his Lloyds Banking Group journey to date. He outlined areas of strategy being implemented by his revamped management team, how issues of legacy like PPI mis-selling have been handled and the way he is moving the bank forward. His aim is to simplify Lloyd's and restore the reputation it had built up and enjoyed over many years and above all to recreate public trust. Another core message to emerge from his remarks, the crucial importance of communication, talking to and listening to staff at all levels and most importantly clients. So, just what is his vision for Lloyd's? A UK-focused bank, focused as well on retail and SMEs, not on investment banking or international areas, and that becomes a simple bank with low risk and absolutely focused on its customers. And should have the trust of its customers, because that's one of the big issues at the moment, isn't it? Absolutely. Banks in the past have lost sight of their basic function, which is to be focused on their customers. And together with that, they became more lax in terms of risk and they have not addressed the high cost basis that they have built over the years and of several acquisitions. And that's exactly what we are trying to change at Lloyd's. So we are absolutely customer focused. We are simplifying the bank from the customer's point of view in order to create cost savings, which we can share with the customers and therefore offer them better value for money, which is what any company does in any other sector. That vision, that aim to be the best bank for customers, that clearly means a lot to you personally. It does. I mean, I have led banks in several countries. I have worked in many areas of banking, so I know banking, which is my area of expertise and election in depth. And a bank, more than any other company, given the strong link between a bank and the communities in which it operates, has a very special responsibility for the communities. And in the UK in particular, given the support that banks received from taxpayers, the responsibility is even higher. And I do believe that a strong economy requires a healthy banking sector, and a healthy banking sector requires a strong economy. So both futures are inextricably linked. And Lloyd's, as the largest bank in UK retail and commercial banking, has a special responsibility in that regard. Facing you when you joined Lloyd's was was the the intention or the need to to change a a, a culture that had been within that organisation for many, many years. During the course of your lecture, you talked about producing a strategy after 100 days and introducing that. Take me through some of that, please. Well, fortunately, Lloyd's was a great bank, as you know, 20 years ago, and then made an acquisition which did not come out so well, as everybody knows. But the people in the bank that were in contact with customers, so the people in the branches, in the call centers, in the SME centers, both in the Lloyds brand, Bank of Scotland, Halifax, are great people. I already knew from my previous job that there were great people dealing with customers at Lloyds, but those people were even better than I thought, because in the end, if you think about it, great brands over time attract great talent. So the problem of Lloyds was how to digest the merger the confusion, if you want, the complexity that came with the merger, and it also lacked the clear direction at the top and the focus on the customers that I told you. And fortunately, it is easier to address the top and the complexity in the middle than the bottom. So it's easier to act on the top of the pyramid 
than on the bottom. And that's exactly what we did by changing, as I told you, 80% of the top 200 leaders of the bank in the first 18 months. Is that difficult in itself? It, it is very difficult because everything that is human is, it is human related. You have to consider it's always a person on the other side. You are implicating on people's lives, with their families, their careers, and you have to do this in a fair way. You have to be meritocratic, you have to be transparent. So we have used an outside consultant to evaluate all the top leaders in terms of capabilities and performance. And in all of our recruitment processes, we have also internal candidates for the job. And you have to do this leading by example and being absolutely meritocratic. You stressed a couple of times the importance of communication. Communication is critical. I mean, you may communicate a lot, as I was saying previously, and people will always think that you are communicating less than you should. And when you are on a turnaround situation, you even have to communicate more because things are changing. People don't like to change. It's normal. We like a routine in our lives. So when you are changing a big company, you have to communicate even more. That's why I have immediately set up a big conference every year with 5,000 people in the bank. I do an off-site with the senior leaders three times a year. I do several town halls. I visit branches. I have breakfast with customers. And I am communicating all the time because it's my function as the leader of the bank to tell them, especially in a moment of big change, where the direction is, what progress has been made, what were the short-term targets. Very important for them to see and understand where the bank is going. What are the real challenges in achieving your vision for Lloyds? Because you're really under the microscope, aren't you? You've got, you've got relentless media uh, pressure, you've got the financial sector focused on share prices, especially in the case of Lloyds, of ensuring that taxpayers are repaid. At odds with reshaping the bank to really dealing with what you see as the, the fundamental challenges and opportunities. That's absolutely right. I mean, the very interesting thing about Lloyds' challenges, you just put it, and that's what attracted me a lot to Lloyds, apart from the fact it was the largest bank in retail, and SMEs in the UK, is the complexity of the task. Because we have, we have had and still have different and conflicting priorities, and we have to manage the whole in such a way that the bank progresses addressing all those priorities and the different stakeholders through time. And I'm very proud about the progress the bank has been making, but I don't want to sound at all complacent, as I said in my speech here at the university. We have a lot more to do. We still have to finish dealing with the end of our legacy issues, our non-core assets. We still have to implement our strategic plan to the end and get the last part of taxpayers' money back uh, in, in the near future. And at the same time, we are simplifying the bank, which is the core part of the plan, and relentlessly driving costs down in order to provide better value for money for people, which is the aim of what a commercial retail bank should do, which is day after day, client per client, product per product, providing better service and value for money for customers. So we are in the middle of a journey. We have come very far, probably quicker than we thought, but we are not complacent at all and we'll continue as a team to work relentlessly in this direction. You'll be aware, because you were a product of one and you've been involved with the Cambridge Judge Business School as well, that in the wake of the financial crisis, uh, business schools were criticised for helping to produce what were called the individuals who went to staff the financial institutions and produced two problems. They were overly focused on technical aspects of finance and they all thought the same way. So what role do you think business schools play in helping to fix what commentators sometimes call broken banking? Well, that's quite interesting. I, I actually don't agree with those comments. I think that in banking, and maybe contrary to other sectors, the managers of the banks are people that came through the ranks and from a technical career 
from their success in their technical career became managers. And I strongly believe that to lead a bank like any other company, you should have management skills and management competencies. And I myself do not consider myself exactly a banker. I consider myself a manager specialized in the banking sector. And therefore, I believe that business schools have a huge role in fostering people's development in terms of leadership, in terms of seeing the bigger picture, in terms of strategy, which people do not learn on their roles in the companies. And I'm a strong believer that you should differentiate, as I told you, the technical career from the management career. And in the management career, in banks or in other companies, business schools role is absolutely crucial. Fine point. What are the personal lessons from, from running the organization, Lloyd's, for the last few years? The personal lesson is that this requires a relentless energy and drive in terms of communication and leading the bank through bad times in the same direction, leading all the team behind you. That's you should not think that you can control everything. There are always factors beyond your control. So you can adapt the strategy sometimes in between, but you cannot go absolutely in a straight line. And the final one is that what you have to do, which I try to do all the time, is to attract the best talent with you and lead them by example, creating great teams, because great teams is, in my opinion, the real big competitive advantage that the bank can create as a service company for the sustainable future. Antonio Horta This programme was produced by Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.